It's like on, it's like the movie Groundhog Day. When he wakes up every morning, and it's the same old song. Except if it was this song, I would want to wake up every day, every day to this. I'd, I'd do it a this billion times. This is on times. your alarm clock every day. This uh, is your alarm clock. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Well, it's it's just a great song. It's a great way to enter the day. I think. Great way to enter the day. Great way to sure. enter a great episode of The Audible, featuring, as always, Tim Strachan and Kevin Ricca. What's up? This is Ken Marangola. We're joined tonight by the Whiskey Library. So okay. everyone knows, before we, before we bring on Tim and Brian, we do, we do our show uh, in the spirit of Sunny. We call it the spirit of Sunny. Sure. And uh, so as the night wears on, you know, there's a little more spirit of Sunny go- going on. So I thought it would be a good time to, uh, you know, I guess uh, celebrate the spirit of Sunny. Bring in these guys from the Whiskey Library. Tell us not just you know why we 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 know why we love it because it's the it's like the uh, drinkable soundtrack to the Audible you know for the most part. And uh, but there's other reasons to love it. And these guys are going to tell us. Tim Tim Mole and Brian Brian Thompson Thompson from the Whiskey Library. They had to pass. They had welcome, to pass the welcome. welcome. Good to have you. Thanks for having us, guys. So all right. So what we're going to do? We're going to drink some whiskey. We're going to talk about it. Share our feelings. Gonna drink some whiskey. Is we've it, already started. Is it mostly already, about our feelings? We've already kicked that off. Yeah. Are we in the trust tree with the nest? Absolutely. Okay. Just making sure. Just making sure. <laughs> All right. So, so, so what yeah. we do first? Yeah. So uh, some of us have already gotten started over here. Yeah. Um, but we brought some uh, some nice samples here. Yes, uh, we have. For everybody uh, from all around the whiskey world, from America, from Ireland, and from Scotland. Just so everybody can see that there is more to the world than uh, than just Redbreast. Although Redbreast is great, uh, Redbreast that, is that's great. That's just Ken. I didn't even know what Redbreast was till I got here. You got to dance with Almost the girl a you year brought. Ago. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm just dancing with the girl I brought. I thought you're supposed to go home with the girl you brought. Yes, that's, dancing that's going actually home. More you can dance with whoever you want. <laughs> you just show up with the girl. And All right. The same okay. Girl home. All right. Uh, hey, there you go. I'm ready. Brian, I'm ready. You got it. What, okay, so what is which one am I holding right now? I think I'm holding the cask mates. So Ken, you got uh, Jameson cask mates. Uh, okay. Knowing that you're a fan of Irish whiskey, we uh, thought we'd go uh, towards your wheelhouse here. Well, and and also the Audible wheelhouse. That's like our main kind of whiskey is Irish whiskey. I'd say for the most part, Bushmills. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. I'm Scottish, man. You're don't Scottish. Be, don't be throwing me into that we'll mix. But you've been drinking you Irish. You've been drinking Irish. I have, root, I, have, I have roots in Peterhead, Scotland, man. This guy will drain. Called, be there in a couple Peter weeks. Everything is coming this, together. This guy will drain a bottle of pepper. Was it pepper Jack? No, uh, honey Jack. Oh yeah, I love honey Jack. Honey Jack, yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. All right, so it's yeah, delicious. All right, so I'm gonna take this. This is uh, the Jameson. Irish so yeah, whiskey. so you got Jameson in front of you, but uh, you know, as as we said, we know that you really like uh, Irish whiskey. Uh, the Jameson castmates kind of. S- throws a little curveball in there for you, and uh, what they did was uh, they aged Jameson the way that they normally do in an oak barrel, and then they tr- they kind of shipped that oak barrel down the street. Um, Jameson's made in Cork, Ireland, and so they shipped it down the street to uh, a, a microbrewery in Cork called uh, Franciscan or Frank Keeson uh, Brewery, and uh, those fine folks made a wonderful Irish stout. Uh, so like Ireland, a beer, like a beer, yeah. So a stout beer, kind of like a Guinness, except microbrew. So not going all. So over we'll the never world. ever get a chance to drink it. Probably not. Uh, and then uh, they were done. They were done making the beer, and they they finished it in that Jameson barrel. And then Jameson asked for the barrel back, 
and then took another batch of their regular Jameson and then aged it in that barrel in that, that had you know that had stout in it. So that's what you're getting here. It's kind of a, a unique twist on a regular Jameson. So you're still going to get that smooth, creamy flavor that Jameson always kind of brings to the table, but you're going to get a lot more cocoa. Um, and even like at the very end, you might even get a little bit of the hops that comes out of that stout. Um, but so yeah, it's just a it's an the best of both worlds. Now is that a yeah. limited is that a limited edition because it's only one barrel? Or are we talking many many barrels? They did this multiple times, yeah, yeah. so that's one of the things you got to be careful in the uh, in the whiskey world is when they say limited or exclusive. Uh, you don't know how limited or exclusive Correct. it is. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty widely available here in DC, um, so you can go into most liquor stores and uh, castmates, castmates, and uh, and find it. And we think it's uh, you know it's pretty affordable and a and a great way to uh, enjoy Jameson in a, in a different light. I now awesome. know why you're called the Whiskey Library. I've enjoyed Jameson. He didn't in even he didn't look up one like note. He didn't look up one note on that whole thing. He's a lawyer. Uh, so am I. I wouldn't know. <laughs> it just means that's bullshit. Huh? <laughs> I, I, I just think, like, so I, I you know, drinking Redbreast made me like Jameson. I didn't, I wasn't a big Jameson guy until I became a Redbreast fan and made me like all the Irishes, which is why we, we love Bushmills as well. I think, what do we, the Black Bush is our favorite yeah. bottle of that. Black Bush, I mean, yeah. It's just dr- more drinkable, I think. Yeah. And what else? Uh, we've also brought some uh, nice glasses uh, here for you guys to drink this whiskey. Is this out what of we're supposed to drink whiskey out of? Absolutely. Is so this a I know snifter can... or is it a mini snifter? Uh, the glasses you have in front of you are called uh, Glen Cairn glasses. So Glen Cairn. Glen Cairn glasses. Yes. And, and these are um, good for whiskey because they're wide at the bottom and narrow at the top. So if it's you like, want to, like s- Kevin. <laughs> so if you want to in, uh, enjoy your whiskey without rocks, uh, it allows you to really nose the whiskey, get a good whiff of it, because good. the aromas are condensed. They're wide at the bottom, and they right. narrow at the top, so you can really inhale those and get some great so flavors you, in there. As you drink it. As you drink it, yeah. Or even before you drink it, Ken. So I'm, <laughs> I'm drinking the Glen Goyle, and as soon as I picked it up and I smelled it, after drinking the Jameson, I said, Whoa. Yeah, and Brian was the first that just said, "Yeah." He kind of his eyes got big, and he goes real, real floral too. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, whole new ball game over there. Uh, so uh, we've had we have people on a couple different whiskeys here. Uh, so the first one we brought out was Jameson Castmates, as we talked about. Uh, the next one is we're going over to Scotland and we're drinking a, a Glen Goyne Ten Year Old, yeah. which is a, a Highland single malt whiskey. Uh, for those of you who don't know, single malt whiskey means it's made from 100% malted barley. Okay. So whereas in the United States, you have whiskeys that are made with corn, rye, wheat, etc. When you hear malted, when you hear single malt, that should always bring, ring the bell for you that that means it's malted barley, it's single malt. That's the only thing that's in there. It's like purebred, right? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. You know, I'm a little bit partial to it myself, right. and so that's uh, these types of whiskeys are my favorite. Is it made in Peterhead, Scotland? No, because uh, that would be cooler if it was. <laughs> but uh, you've got it's where my grandfather's from. Just, I'm gonna go there someday. Yeah, this is uh, this one's uh, a. They're low, waiting for you in Peterhead, I bro. Bet they are <laughs> at Strachan's grocery store. I've seen it. This one's a uh, low Highland uh, single malt, so. Uh, with Scot- Scotch whiskey fans, think of Scotland as five distinct regions. You have uh, Speyside, which a lot of people have heard of before. Speyside, which is where you have your Glenfiddich, your Glenlivet, mm-hmm. yep. your Balvenie. 
Then you've got your highlands, which is essentially everything else that surrounds Speyside. It's everything from the northernmost point of Scotland down to uh, right around Edinburgh. No, excuse me, right around Glasgow. Wait, so Tim. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate that. But what, when I think of Scotch, and, and I never know if with lowlands or highlands, but when I think of Scotch, the one thing I know I don't like after having tried a lot of scotch is that peaty, yeah. smoky, like the, the hard. See, that's what I love. Peat is awful. The peat is. I love it. And, you, and you love that? I like that kind of like leathery, like, yeah, I love uh, that stuff. I well, bet you that, some of the knowledge. That's what they serve at Strachan and Strachan uh, hedge funds. It's for, it's for a sophisticated palate. It is. With some of the knowledge we're going to pass off to you here tonight, Ken, okay. you're going to have a better chance of knowing whether the bottle that you're picking up is going to have any of that peat in it or whether you're pretty safe and you're going to get some of those nice floral, fruity notes that Speyside is known for. Okay. But this is this is floral. This, this Glen Goyne? This Glen to Goyne. me, this Glen Goyne is smoky. Oh, no. It's not smoky. No. But it's just, <laughs> you're, you're used to different <laughs> palettes. You know, I'm your sorry. palate's Pe- terrible. Peaty. Is, it, there's, is there peat in this? It sh- shouldn't be peat. Shouldn't is- be peat either. You're just uh, you're getting some different flavors. It's it's clashing with my Irish. Yeah, maybe that's the best way to say it. I would I would agree with that. It's uh it's just something you have to get accustomed to. And and uh, Glen Goyne would be you're just not man enough to be we- Scottish, dude. Just admit <laughs> it. The first whiskey I drank you was Scotch. Rob Roy, man, come on. That's, yeah. Well, I will t- I will say, um, it I can tell I can tell you know. Uh, a glass of red breast, a little of that Jameson to this, I know immediately that I'm drinking something different. Sure. You know, it's clear. It's obvious. It, it, I think it's it's uh, the same as when you drink like a real true, you know, Kentucky bourbon. You know it's not Absolutely. scotch or Irish whiskey. We got some of those here for you this evening oh, as geez. well. So. Oh, God. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll switch, the, switch it up for you in just a second here. Well, before I'm we... I'm going to be ready for my... My next one. Well, so. we're, we're going to go to the next one. All right, let's do the next one. I have a very important question to ask these okay, guys. Please do. Ask away. All right, so I have never been a scotch or, you know, scotch and water guy. You know, when people were scotch and water or whatever they would order and water. I do enjoy the taste of what I'm drinking, but am I going to ring this bell? No. Uh, the, um, but I like it on ice. I like my uh, scotch and my... I prefer it on ice. On, on Irish whiskey on ice. And I'm wondering... So is that going to make people from Scotland and Ireland hate me? First of all, and second of all, uh, why, why do I like it better like that? Like that just because it's cold. So first off, do people in Ireland and Scotland listen? Because I want. Oh to make yes. sure I don't. Okay. Actually, oh yeah. Do. So yeah, I yeah, don't know do. if the, then I, I I will not comment on whether they will like you or not. Okay. They have plenty okay. of other reasons. <laughs> yeah. To yeah. Not we'll like leave that up to the Scottish. Yes. I will defer to those people. There was a recent referendum. They elected to. You don't speak for <laughs> so um, it's interesting, right? So um, whether to add ice to your whiskey is kind of a it's it's, it's a heated debate. Yeah. Um, my really? Fish, Whoa, yeah, that's heated. such a that heated. is it's, uh, pun it's intended. A, it, yes. Obviously, you look like you're about. Let's you're, go. I look like you look like it's you're not, about to give us your that one out. On so, Kev, uh, yeah. by the way, Kevin Ricca is dying over here because he's just <laughs> that. That is like right up his alley. Just so you know, you just made his night. Oh, I'm all, well. Whether or not to put ice in your whiskey is, is a very heated, heated yeah. debate right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, come it on. It all depends on what whiskey you're drinking. Right, and so that's really? that, yeah. So that nothing, well, Kevin. So I think I think there's two there's two schools of thought and, and and the first school of thought is I think what I approach it with is if you bought the whiskey and you're enjoying the whiskey do whatever the heck you want to the whiskey to enjoy mm-hmm. it the way you want it. Mm-hmm. Now what I'll tell you is there is a difference. 
So, and it all comes down to the grains that make up the whiskey. Okay. So Tim alluded to the fact that, um, or not alluded, he just basically flat out told you. Uh, he laid it on the line. Yeah. Uh, I mean, single malts uh, is, a, is malted barley. Barley um, doesn't grow well here in America. It grows really, really well in Scotland, and that's because of the climate. Barley is a very delicate grain. Um, and so. But we, we don't mind shitty barley because we drink a lot of it here in this country. Obviously. Well, right. I mean, we can. We. I mean, we can still make it. It's, yeah. Uh, we it, make it, do. It. It doesn't grow really well in hot, humid, arid uh, temperatures or any kind of uh, uh, significant climate change. So Scotland's great in the sense of you're going to get a consistent temperature 24 seven, 365 days, a year. Um, it, what that means, though, is that with, with with the grain makeup, with the grain structure, when you add ice to it, not water, but ice, cold, when you add coldness to that grain, to the distilled grain, the molecules actually shrink. The Wait, f- can I just cut you off on one second? Sure. Yeah, he's getting, I, he's am, getting, I was just getting into it. Um, no, I, yeah, seriously. I just what are saying, you doing? Can this possibly ter- make you a superhero? Because basically, when you try to talk about <laughs> molecules changing, that's superhero stuff. It is, but it, it, but it, it, it does it. It can. It can make you feel like a superhero. Does it f with a drink? Go it on. does. So it f's with the flavor in the nose. So what it does is it shrinks those molecules. So you're not getting the full aroma. You're not kind of like when you get body. out of a pool. Exactly. Shrinkage. Everything shrinkage. Shrinkage. So cold water sh- causes shrinkage, but the, it's the coldness that causes that it. one. Regular I'm worried about water. the aromas. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was the pool. Water, was water the pool. is okay. But Wa- water is okay. So water is actually preferred. So what I was handing you wasn't a bell. It's an eyedropper. So we're going to hand you a little eyedropper. And so if you're not a huge yeah. fan of the whiskey you I've have, already put the amount of date rape drug in everyone's glasses. Well, that's, that's perfect. perfect. Oh, that's, perfect. Oh, that's perfect. So I don't, okay. I, 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 this I just got creepy <laughs> real fast. Well, no, I think Which whiskey <laughs> would light me on fire faster <laughs> if you doused me in it right now? We're going to get to that in a little bit. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, I mean, bottom line is is that it, it can't really do it. Now, I'm talking about scotch. I'm talking about single malted uh, grains. Yeah, this is bourbons, corn. Corn is hearty. Corn ain't going to, you know, it, it grows everywhere. Rye, same thing. Grow, right. it, rye, you can grow it on a rock. It, it's, it, it doesn't really take a whole lot. That grain holds up to ice. Um, so if you prefer, prefer your whiskey a little cold, a little uh, chilled, I would recommend you do it with a very high-proofed bourbon or a high-proofed rye, something that can tolerate both the cold and a little bit of the dilution that's going to come with the water. Right. You learn something every day. Yeah. So, so you know, you're still going to have it on ice. But now I think, like, if I go to this liquor store, and I'm definitely going to look for a Glen Goyle. Glen uh, Goyne. Glenn I'm sorry, Glen Goyne. <laughs> you can look for a, a Glen Goyne, but you ain't going to find a Glen Goyne. Glen Goyne. If I known. do that, I know now that I'm doing the drink better service by not putting it on ice. So I, I know that when I want to go drink Glenn Goyle, Glen Goyne, for, yeah, well, when I get Glen Goyne, and if I want ice, I'll get the Glen Goyle. Yes. Look, get look, the Glen Goyle. Which is, which is a barley. The thick on bottom, narrow on top thing that I'm, I just haven't let pass. Okay. I mean... I'm not golfing with you again if you're going to look for my Glenn Goyle quick in this fashion. (laughs) Jesus, God. (laughs) Is this this next one for me? So overall, Ken, uh, with a little bit of water. With a little uh, bit of water. Noticing any difference? Yeah, I I, I am. I'm on the Glenn Goyle, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So so let me tell you what that does. So as Brian alluded to with the... uh, you know, the changing of the molecules with the water and the cold, the water does does part of that. 
it usually opens up more of the floral notes, okay. a lot of the uh, fruitier notes as well. So if, you know, when you're drinking it, if it's a little too intense for you alcohol-wise, you want to dilute it down a little bit. So the professional... You might want to give them the dropper again. That's right. That's right. So the people who, uh, the master distillers who are making this stuff, who are choosing how to bottle it, they are drinking it at a much lower alcohol percentage than we drink it when we buy it at the store. They're diluting it down to 25% because that's kind of the peak alcohol by volume that... For flavor? For flavor, for nosing the whiskey. So it may not taste good to us because... It's not strong enough. Inside the computer. that is kind of the quintessential range, the best area to, to drink that in okay. terms of strength. So I just got back from the beach, and my brother, uh, one of my brothers thinks he's a huge scotch, like, aficionado. He's not. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He just buys scotch. We're happy to talk to he him. He loves Glenlivet, <laughs> right? And he brought a bottle, and he put it in a pint glass full of ice. Yeah. Yay go or no go? No go. Okay. So scotch with ice, you know, like Brian said, we're not going to tell you what to do, but you know, it's not recommended. But if you, you said want if it was to, barley uh, or whatever, if you want to enjoy the flavors yeah, so and the smells okay. of a of a nice scotch whiskey. He gave me one of those too. Did he? Did he buy the bottle? Yes, he did. Then he can do whatever he Correct. wants. Correct. <laughs> so let me ask you this: I, I do enjoy like the cold, you know. I, I so they they sell those stones. So, and someone got you know got me a set for Christmas one year. So you freeze the stones and you put them in. And I thought that was kind of a happy medium because uh, I could put a little. I could still get the cold, but I'm guessing that the, that triggers the same thing. It does to some degree. It definitely eliminates. I mean, it definitely it eliminates has to. dilution, right? Scientifically then? speaking. So you're 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 winning half the battle there. All right. Um, well, uh, you know what? It, it, I didn't I've got like four sets of those at home. If you need any more. No, Everybody no, no. I I, I don't. I, I didn't think it made it cold. I thought it was just rocks in my drink. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it, the difference there is again. I would recommend using those on a American whiskey, something that's corn based uh, okay. or high in corn or high in rye, um, and you don't have to then also add on the high proof because you're never going to run into the dilution issue with that, that, I, that those rocks are not going to melt. What do we got going on here? So the next one up you have is uh, Larceny. Okay. Uh, Larceny uh, oh, is an uh, American. Yes. It's a Kentucky yes. uh, straight bourbon whiskey from Heaven Hill Distilleries in Bartstown, Kentucky. By the way, I'm not that, sure After if my you... first sip, if I could have stomped my foot, I would have. It was yeah. a, a foot was, stomper. Yeah. You, you enjoyed it? It was uh, So it's 92 proof. Burning. Yeah. yeah. The, it's, um, it's a little big boy. You can add a little water to it. This is an American, by the way. This is an American podcast, so that I feel like we're, yeah. you know, we are just bringing home. seeing eye to eye on we're this rolling. whiskey, bringing it home like uh, USA. And the but we love, we love all of our Irish and Scottish listeners, all of them, even if they don't love you. No, no, no. We just <laughs> said like. We just said like. I, you okay. know, you know. Well, yeah. So I mean, what what you have here is uh, what we what Tim and I tried to do um, in in the first three is pick three examples of some very light, easy-drinking whiskeys. Maybe some of your reactions indicate that this we... This is light? It's, it's fairly light for this a bourbon. This is delicious. And so, it's delicious. It's, I mean... Well, and so let me explain why it's light. So bourbon. Yep. Bourbon, for the most part... Well, not for the most part. Sugar. Bourbon has to have 51% or more corn in the mash bill. Outside of that, it can have whatever other grains you want to make up the other 49%. Typically, it has two other grains, rye and malted barley. The malted barley usually ranges somewhere between 8 to 12% uh, 
uh, with rye making up a remaining amount, uh, depending on how much corn is in there. It's going to be more than 51, uh, but the question is, you know, how much? Uh, what Larceny is uh, doing here, though, is it's saying, screw the rye, and let's put wheat in there. And so what that means is that rye, as I indicated before, think rye bread. It's going to be very bold, very right. powerful, very spicy. Um, the wheat, however, is one of those more delicate, more lightly flavored uh, uh, grains. And so it adds a little bit of, I don't want to say smoothness, uh, that's not the right word, but it adds kind of a, an ease, more of a, really? a, a lightness to it, a, 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 uh, more of a clean palate sensing. As a novice, I would say, Actually, less you're right rye. Now. You're right. Less rye. Like, there's less of a standoff of that right. rye that I'm, I'm not a huge rye guy. I can't and believe you. this is delicious. Y- yeah, you're, I, I wouldn't have guessed that you would have liked this. It's delicious. I've, I, I guess I've been drinking uh, Breckenridge, which I don't. It, which this doesn't taste. I mean, the same as by any stretch, but uh, but wow. it's an American bourbon, and it's not. It, it is uh, where's where, what state is Larceny? Kentucky. It's a, it's a Kentucky. Yeah, bourbon. so Breckenridge Three drops of gonna, water made it change completely. I yeah. That. So I, I mean, that. you know, so Breckenridge is going to be you know your Colorado. Um, it's yeah. going to be a different aging process. So okay. that's different water. Does that matter? Water definitely matters. I mean, you know, uh, the the limestone filtered water that you get in Kentucky and parts of Tennessee is it just makes amazing, amazing spirits. Uh, what really matters, though, is the barrel. Okay. Um, the quality of the barrel, the charring of that barrel, and then the aging process. And so, what you have in Kentucky is you have kind of that perfect environment. Where if, have you guys ever been to Kentucky or ever in the South? I've been to the Not South. Kentucky. So I mean, I mean, yes, I've been to Kentucky. I yeah. mean, is July is like late July and mid August the perfect time to go there, like in the South, or is that way too hot? It's I mean, it's it it's sounds humid. Hot. Yeah, it's gonna region. be hot. It's yeah. gonna be hot. It's gonna be humid. It's gonna be really, really, really annoying. Early February, late January is also not ideal. Um, it can be snowing. It can be in the negative degrees. Um, you got a lot of hills. That's not good for us. It's great for bourbon huh. because of the climate change, because or because of the uh, the temperature change, because of those fluctuations. What that allows is it allows that spirit in those wooden barrels to actually move in and out of the wood. The wood expands and contracts, and it moves that spirit in, and it gets that flavor from the wood itself. It's doing something to my spirit. That's for <laughs> sure. Well, and also it transitions into our whole climate change segment that we were about to have. Um, but that's you know what we'll save that we'll save that for the next one over. That's obviously, good. I was going to transition into <laughs> this bashed off my forehead segment, which <laughs> I was, was going to invent good. myself. And let me uh, let me pass off uh, one other nice little okay. nugget here yeah. uh, for Love everybody. Nuggets. So um, a lot of smarter. people have the misconception that bourbon has to be made in Kentucky. It's not true. Anywhere. Oh, oh yeah. So Tim, I I was absolutely going to put that to you guys because there's a huge. Is it just a Tennessee versus Kentucky? Rivalry, um, because you know there's definitely people laying claim. Oh, you can't call yourself even bourbon. The ten- I guess the Tennessee people say you can't even you know you can't say you're bourbon if you're not in Tennessee. The Kentucky people say the same thing against the the, the well, Tennessee so, guys. So bourbon has some very strict requirements, like uh, Brian touched on a few of those, like 51 percent corn, new charred oak barrels being aged for two years uh, minimum. 
Um, but what Tennessee likes to do to make themselves stand out and to differentiate themselves from Kentucky and the rest of the bourbons is they add something called the, uh, the Lincoln County process, and that's they run the whiskey through a charcoal filtering um, before it goes into the barrel. And that's something that you'll find in George Dickel, and that's something you'll find in Jack Daniels. So when you see Tennessee sour mash, that's what they're talking about. George Dickel's a sipping whiskey, by the way. That's, that's what they want you to think, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, um, it says it on the bottle. So, but bourbon can be anywhere, anywhere in America, uh, not just Kentucky. So Okay. So, be, be, so who's more protective of the word bourbon, the Kentucky people or the Tennessee people? Well, you definitely have the preponderance of bourbon being made in Kentucky, Kentucky. Yeah. right? But it can be made all over the place, like the stuff in New Orleans, yeah. for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think, I mean, there's to me, Tennessee and Kentucky are right there, neck and neck. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you're getting caught up in the stuff that doesn't really matter. I love rivalries. And, you know, yeah, rivalries are the, the, you're, rivalries you're just are the best. the trash talk that We're happens the on the fringes. Here, yeah, but but you gotta have a good rivalry, and if and if and if whiskey has a great rivalry, These we guys, should embrace it. They're all about the molecules. They're about the they're about the the <laughs> well, ingredients. They don't care about what it's called or who calls it what. But we do. And just for those out there that are listening, uh, <laughs> when 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 Tim when Tim said two years, I'd not. We're not associated with these guys. At me. And uh, I apologize. I was actually uh, in a heated debate earlier this morning over what sh- the definition of straight bourbon was, and straight bourbon requires or straight whiskey requires two years. The, um, bourbon actually does not require a specific uh, time period. I'm glad okay. you cleared that so up. I just want to make sure for any whiskey geeks yeah, or glad. anyone who knows about that, uh, we do know that. That's why I have Brian here. Good clarification. He's my American whiskey expert. Yeah. I focus on Scotland. Speaking of, which is a good, good way to transition to your upcoming trip. That's right. Um, I am going to be making a trip over to the U.K. Uh, next week. Um, uh, to start out, my father and I were going to be finishing up a, a walk across England that we'd started a couple of years ago, and then we're going to be taking the train up to Inverness. Would you like mark it with in... like a chalk, like exactly. where you left off? That's right. Well, we're going to start at the same inn that we okay. left <laughs> off at, so we're going to no, use that awesome. as our demarcation. And you're walking across. Yeah, so we got 120 miles to go over the over eight days, so we're going to be doing about 15 a day. Whoa. And then That's after awesome. that, we're heading up to Inverness, and we're going to tour around Speyside for a little while, and then go over to Isla where uh, Ken wouldn't want to go because that's where all the peaty whiskey cu- whiskeys come from. Oh, there you go. So, Stay uh, away from that, Not Jeff. to do a little shameless plug here, but the, uh, the whiskey library is, uh, yeah. is expanding right now. It's not now. shameless. So we got, uh, we got some interesting stuff uh, coming up right now. We're in the process of buying a single cask of whiskey, most specifically from uh, the Kilhoman Distillery on Isla. So if there are any uh, whiskey fans out there who like to get unique expressions that nobody else can have, uh, keep your eyes open. Check out our website at whiskeylibrarydc.com, and there's going to be some more uh, information coming up on there. Uh, so we've you guys are going to have bottles? Legit, you guys are going to have, like, are you guys selling bottles? Well, so we uh, just recently secured our retailer par- retail partner, which is Magruder's, over off of uh, Connecticut Avenue. Awesome. Very yep. cool. And uh, so we're really excited to be working with them. Uh, this is the first of what we hope to be many uh, barrels. So what we're going to be doing, um, it's still going to say Kilhoman on the bottle, but it's going to say bottled exclusively for the whiskey library. So that means everybody will be able to distinguish this bottle from any other bottle of Kilhoman and know that it's something that we had our hands in, in terms of determining that this was the quality, this was... This barrel featured the characteristics that we wanted to show off to our friends and our uh, members. 
Yeah, and I think one of the uh, important things to think about, and in, in this took me a little while to kind of wrap my head around, is um, what's going to be unique about it is it's going to be not only our barrel, but it's going to be one barrel. And a single malt, or most bourbons, most of the whiskeys you buy are actually what I think you and I would consider a blend. They call sure. it vatting. So blending is a, has a different um, meaning in the whiskey world. But when you buy a bottle of, let's say, Jack Daniels, when you buy it on, you know, on today... It, and then you buy another bottle in two years, it's going to taste nearly identical, probably indistinguishable to you or I. Um, that's because they blend or they mix, their definition is, or their, their word is that, multiple barrels until they get the right flavor profile that they're looking for. And then they bottle all of the, all those barrels together um, to, to make that batch. The difference in a single barrel, which is what we're doing, is you can never repeat that. It's right. going to be so unique. It's limited edition. It, well, it's truly limited. <laughs> it's like 200 bottles. Right. You know, and you can never have it. You could never repeat it ever again. I can't believe you guys, like, so generously why, gave why us can't 50 you bottles. I'm sorry if I missed amazing. that. Uh, we we didn't say that. that. You can get 50 wow. if you like. Oh, I can uh, edit that up, no problem. I can turn that into a verbal contract. It's not. A, so no, does it just suck when you get to the end of the whole process and it's not a good one? Or, or well, is there gonna... skill? Is there skill in how you do it? And I mean, that's right. That's why I'm going over there. Okay. There's definitely a skill in picking uh, the barrel. You have to be six ten. These guys yeah, that's legit, right. Man. That's right. <laughs> we weren't going to grab some whiskey drinks off the around. street by the metro, dude. I know. I just stopped by. <laughs> so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going to this distillery, <laughs> and they are going to lay out like ten <laughs> different barrels in front of us, and we are going to go through and taste each one of those and. Um, compare those notes to the against the ones that we know we want to see in a barrel from them. Okay. And we are going to do our darndest to pick the one uh, that's going to be the best and that everybody's going to enjoy. Can I just ask you one question? Go for it. Really one request favor of the show, since you're a friend of the show now. Thanks. Will you spit at least one shot of, of one of those barrels just and say this is unacceptable? Just spit it out. All over the room. I will do that, and I will uh, create a vine of it, Ken, and I'll, uh, I'll shoot it over to you. This is the Whiskey Library. Tim has no idea how to create a vine. I know of vines, though, so that's enough. At least you know that. Yeah, there you go. I wouldn't oh, feed this to my cockroaches. That's, I mean, something like that. I will not stand for it. But that's, you know, the reason we're going there is because we don't okay. think we're going to find anything like that, right? That's awesome. They're, they make such a consistent quality. Um, that everything is going to be so good, and we're just going to pick one that we think is just slightly better than the rest. I mean, that's, I, that's, that's, that's some that's serious. Awesome. That's serious. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of work, but we're super excited <laughs> so about 200 it. Oh, bottles. Yep. <coughs> 200 bottles. Yeah, 200, 240 bottles. Well, 200. Depending after on how much the angels us. have stolen uh, from the barrel. Yeah, that's that, that. There's always some slippage. Those greedy angels. Always some slippage. All right, so what do we got going on here? We got another one here. Yeah, we're uh, making our transition on to whiskey number four, is it? I'm starting to lose I track. Lost count. Don't ask track, and he has <laughs> no idea. I definitely lost yeah. count. <laughs> so, what we have here is we have uh, Glenn Morangy Quinta Rubin. Uh, mm -hmm. So, Glenn Morangy is a nice. 
It's a nice Highland whiskey. Is this uh, a sandwich? A little bit north of uh, the Glen Goyne, or as Tim liked to call it, the Glen Goyle that we were having <laughs> earlier. So Glen Goyne was down at the bottom of the Highlands, but this is way up north. So this is just a little bit north of space. Like not not yeah. exactly clearer. No, definitely not clearer. And the reason because the reason for that is that it is finished in port casks. So Ooh. port. Everybody's had port before. Maybe as not. As opposed to... As what's opposed to not being finished to in anything. Landlock. So most of the whiskeys uh, are just aged their Filter. full lives in okay. ex-bourbon barrels. So like we said, bourbon barrels can only be used once here right. in America. Okay. Yeah. Scotland takes a lot of those. And they, and buy they are they happy buy for it. Huge, huge. And they ship them over yeah. on boats. They break them down. They reassemble them. We did that to their bars and churches. Yeah. And they, they do that to our whiskey barrels. We did. We, 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 all of our Irish bars, most of our Irish bars all over the East Coast are all from barns and churches from Ireland and Scotland until they ran out. Well, and so, you know... They've taken all our bourbon barrels. <laughs> well, and, you, and, and Tim mentioned it, you know, so Tim, Tim's our Scotch expert and, and, and I focus on the American side and this is, this is the distillery that's near and dear to my heart, um, Glen Morangie, um, mainly because of the barrels they use. So, Glen Morangie... A Scottish distillery owns land in the Ozarks here in America. They care so much about the quality of the barrels as they make the barrels themselves or they contract to have them made. And then they lease them for four years to Jack Daniels. I did hear about this. They let Jack Daniels do whatever they want with them. And then they tell Jack Daniels, break them down, put them on a boat, ship them back to us. Yep. You're done. That's how much they care about the quality of their barrels. And it comes out. And so what Tim was saying That's is good. that this was aged. <laughs> good. The, the, the Glen Morangie. Ken, where's your chocolate? Do you have some chocolate Oh, here? yeah, I got some chocolate. Dude. Uh-oh. Yeah, breaking the, out the chocolate. The Glen Morangie was aged in those ex-bourbon barrels, but it was finished, meaning after, after the 12-year period of time, it was put into those port barrels That's for a few months okay. just to get kind of a little bit more of the flavor. So it's not aged fully in port. Sometimes you'll see that matured fully in sherry, matured ex- fully in port. This one was finished in. It just means it was added to after the fact. Okay. All right. And where do you put the chocolate? You just eat it. I whoa, was, I, whoa, I, well, whoa, you whoa, whoa, hey. whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. If you put it in out. your drink, That's I don't know what the hell No, no, on. so here. We'll That's an opening. I can't let that pass. So, go ahead, Tim. So put so eat a little bit of the chocolate. Okay. Start to chew it. Let some of it remain in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And we're while editing it's still, the shit out of this, by the way. While, it's, while it's in your mouth, um, put, drink the whiskey and swish it around a little bit. You will notice some amazing flavors exploding. And when <laughs> I, I, hey, you know that's what happens with whiskey. Sometimes you know it's all about the mouth feel. It is about the mouth feel. I've heard that. I believe it. I, do. I believe it's it. It's the grand thing to do with whiskey. There's like 15 Hershey bars that somewhere in Strachan's on, in one of Orifice. <laughs> it's great. It's pretty amazing. Oh, where, do you put, where do you put the chocolate? <laughs> I mean, I got some well, here. It looked like he was going to drop it here. in my drink, but he was handing it to me. I'm sorry. I don't uh, know. This isn't a fireball. I mean, it's not. Way out of my element here. Ken, what do you think about this? It's pretty amazing, huh? Chocolate and whiskey. It combines two of my all-time favorite things in the world. Even scotch? Uh, well, yeah. Well, uh, see, you got me calling scotch whiskey. It's true. They're all whiskey. It, they're all whiskey. Um, and I don't call Redbreast Irish. That's right. Um, it's all one big happy family. It's all one man. big happy family. It's got to be one all one big happy family. I mean, I know what I don't like, but some dark chocolate and some Glen Morangie, as we say, down in, right. in the yeah, low country. Said. Down in the low country in Maryland. 
um, Southern Maryland. Shout out to the Marangolos. Shout out to the Rickas. Don't you guys have some family down there, Southern Maryland? Nah. Yeah, you do. Nah, in-laws. That's family, dude. No, they're great. The outlaws. Shout out to the Frasers. Yeah. You got it. And, and a hell of an artist living down in Southern Maryland, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Yeah. A couple of them. Well, the, the Frasers. All of them. All of them. All of them. Yeah, so to uh, all of you who are listening out there, um, just a little tip. Uh, chocolate uh, is killer with all whiskeys that are finished in sherry or port casks. So if you are drinking a Macallan, which is just aged in its entirety in sherry, or a Glendronic, or an Aberlour, which you may have heard of before, these are all whiskeys that are quite sweet and work very, very well with some nice darker chocolates. You're getting up into the 70%. That's why you get ports at at a restaurant for your dessert. That's right. It's your dessert. It's the sweetness, right? Right. So that's what you're going for here. Kevin doesn't like dark chocolate. And so it's too bad. It's, yeah, so he why can't, dark chocolate? He can't no, open why up can't that. Can't do it with like a it's the, the the cocoa in there. Okay. The cacao, as they say, sure uh, is is what really cacao. So would it go good in hot like a good hot chocolate? I bet. I, I bet. I haven't tried it yet. No, it wouldn't go good. <laughs> you love whiskey. You love chocolate. You just got a little kid looking in your face. Oh, you know, be a Scottish, a Scottish hot whipped chocolate. cream. If I could combine whipped cream, cocoa, and whiskey. You're talking about the, the trifecta. Yeah, Scottish hot chocolate. That'd be great. Oh, That's right. God. I think that should be a new thing. Uh, Audible and Trademark. Whiskey Library. Is Trademark. Well, I never thought about Scottish it because it's, it's Swiss Miss. Got it? Swiss. I don't know. It'd be great for <laughs> winter PJ parties. I don't, I don't think that's how it works. Sounds great. Um, is this, <laughs> are, Everybody we not, who's are we not at a PJ we party it. right now? This is a PJ party. We're doing it. I thought we were going to be at one. At wheelchair fail. <laughs> we were that close. We were that close to a PJ party. I will say. I will say. My chair did. Just go kaput. My wheelchair just cut out, and everybody here banded together and got it done. And I can't take all, all the it credit. All it took was a reset. Of I, can the, just, of I can't the circuit breaker. I, can't, I refuse the, to take all the credit. Getting to it was the, tough. The carrot dangling was five bottles of whiskey. But inside. I bring this up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you bring it up. Hurry up! It's there. I'm glad Dude. you bring it up because it makes this whole experience even better. Yeah. There you go. Well, Thanks, guys. Hey, I appreciate it. when it you have it. two guys that are, have two boxes of whiskey, we all became wheelchair experts. I, I feel yeah. like I could build one from the materials on my patio right now if I had to. <laughs> we're like, we were getting you inside. We were drinking this whiskey. 9.30 at night, I'm texting my like uh, wheelchair technician. I'm like, what do you think it is? He's like, <laughs> I've got whiskey to get to. Uh, let me tell you something. We... We are experts now. I feel like we, I, seal. I, hand me the lighter. Knowledge. Snifter glass. <laughs> and, that, and, and that wooden and box. <laughs> Let's get after it. So we have more. We're making some good progress here, guys. We have. Oh my uh, God. Uh, Brian says we have three more bottles to go. I thought All we right, only had two. Three sounds. <laughs> the three is the magic number, as uh, Dela says. Um, Tim went to a wedding, a family wedding in Atlanta. Uh, shout out to my wife's whole side of the family. Uh, to anyone's listening. Um, had the wedding, and the the bar at the wedding was uh, just a bourbon bar. Now they, they offered beer and wine to, to folks, but the, he brought you know basically he stocked a personal uh, you know bur- it was all bourbon, all yeah. different kinds of bourbons. I, he might have had a scotch or two in there, but um, I mean I spent the whole day. Now I, that's the first time I ever had Basil Hayden. Yeah, it's the first time I really drank a decent amount of Bullet, which I never really had before, and it was like a really nice bottle of Bullet. Uh, and and there was one other one, and I can't recall it. And I, does Four Roses make an off-brand, by chance? 
What do you mean by off-brand? Like, like the one that's not like they, there's four roses, and then is there a different you know three roses? Yeah, three and a half. No, maybe four so I mean, four roses makes a few different you know in the okay. lineup. Four roses, uh, yellow. Four roses, small batch. Four roses, single barrel. Um, but they don't make. I mean, they produce whiskey that may go into something else. But okay, it wouldn't okay. be. It's all going to say four roses. It would also. They don't have a different. Okay, no, they do. So not. then it was something else. But he he had a number you, you of four lost roses me bottles. At roses. Four roses is we a lost really you good two whiskey. Shots ago. <laughs> was that no, delicious? I'm delicious I'm pork. It's okay. I just sniffed the microphone. This is I great. put the glass up and I was like, <laughs> "It's tough to keep track sometimes." I smell shame, <laughs> guilt, and a hint of that was great sweat. <laughs> I heard yep. somebody at this table uh, goes by the name of uh, Peach Sweaty sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Tim, will, does your wife Tim? Does your wife ever call? Stand, I mean, you, you got that. There's there's Pete Sweaty. How you doing? Come on, Pete. Thanks for coming in, guys. It's been great. That's Matt, the real Thanks deal. For seal, us. Social media manager of the Audible. Man, Fre- a few words. Not a friend of the show. He part just, of the he show. Just, he just asked me if he could have sweaty chocolate with his. Oh yeah. Most certainly, there's plenty of sweaty chocolates oh, going yeah. around. <laughs> All right. So what are we drinking? So we are. We're 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 taking the uh, the boat back across the. Oh, we were already in. Uh, we were drinking Glenmorangie just a second ago, so we're uh, moving to Talisker. We're just going. Yeah, a that little... Glenmorangie is gone. Yeah. So this is um, this is our last uh, Scottish whiskey of the evening. This is uh, Talisker Ten from the Isle of Skye. Did which I hear is... Brian say that's his favorite? Okay. This is uh, one this of the sounds, best. This sounds. This smells more like what I. Would buy in so, a liquor store. So this normally. is this like is Glenlivet stuff that Ken might be a little bit afraid of. Right. I, I'm, gonna, um, I'm not. You know, this is a little bit on the peatier side, but we just you know need, specifically did not go to Isla. How much chocolate we, do I need? Chocolate isn't the best with this. <laughs> it's I'm, not a port I'm, or a cherry. Are you listening? So you know seafood, Dude. seafood, and I'm literally pounding chocolate this. over here, and it's not doing anything. Yeah. Sorry. It, am Time I out. wrong in Time saying out, that you this drunken buffoon? <laughs> Let's let the man speak for a second. I'm taking notes. I'm interested. You are taking. That's notes. right. I'm glad somebody cares about what we're talking about. But we can right. replay this again. <laughs> so, uh, so Talisker uh, from the Isle from the Isle of Skye is just off the uh, the west coast of Scotland. Um, this is the only distillery on this island, and is. It's quite well known. Um, the ten-year-old, which we're drinking, is is one of the best uh, values out there. Um, about a fifty fifty-five dollar bottle, if you can uh, get a good price on it, you're gonna get uh, a little bit of that peat uh, that Ken was referring to as not, you know, not right in his wheelhouse. But uh, I think this uh, might no, be a nice little bridge. I, the- I bought a I bought a bottle of Connemara. Yeah, I had no idea as a novice. I got home, I was all excited, and the peat just punched me in the face, yeah. and I had nothing on it. Yeah, and uh, I, I wanted to want it, I wanted to love it, and I kept cracking at it. You know, it's oh. not always there. Yeah. You know, am just... I wrong that this smells like a like maybe a Glenlivet or something? Well, there might be a little bit of that in there. I mean, you're going to get typical um, Scottish whiskey characteristics across the board. But it's going to be overridden by, you know, some of you probably get some of the pepperiness. So if you, you know, you, so I don't know if I've told you how to really nose in this glass, right? That's I'm kind nosing. of the, that's the sophisticated term for smelling whiskey. Kevin keeps mo- smelling his microphone, but I smell everything before I eat it. <laughs> that's just a <laughs> wise thing. That's smart. Right. That's I didn't just, think that was that bad. It's just good smelling. It's good. 
but but Talisker, you know, that's got a, a little bit of light this. peat to it, and a, a little. This bit. is light peat. I yeah. mean, this this <laughs> so, to me, this isn't just not in my wheelhouse. Like, this is like the aftertaste is medicinal. The, the runoff puddle next to my wheelhouse. The hair, well, it the is. hair so that it's you wear off peat. earlier. So they just measure d- peat in parts per million. Okay, and so Damn Talisker. It. Normally runs anywhere from eighteen to twenty-two ppm. What's the what's like what what is considered like you know the ninety-five-year-old you know loves. So actually, um, and and I I have no scientific basis for this, but I feel like the older the whiskey gets, um, that has a peat influence, the act the weaker the peat is. Okay, that's absolutely correct, Brian. Perfect. The so you did have the you, you didn't just Herman Cain us. Actually, I, I was going to ask you about the, the, the age. Yeah, Brian, I thought meant. you were lying for a second. <laughs> you were like, hey, wait, hey, I don't hey, have the facts. Hey, I like, never lie. lie it's, ne- it's never a lie until you prove it. Back this up. Um, hey, after five whiskeys, there ain't no yeah. more lying. <laughs> you could tell so, us pretty much anything. You'd be like, uh, so we filtered well, this through Tim's underwear last night, and yeah, I think and, it has uh, a good and it came out really well. And that's where we put the chocolate. Exactly. But no, I think that you know the pour me another the Pete's. You know, the, the, the peat kind of gets up there. You have your Lagavulin, you have your Ardbegs, um, both on Isla, and then you have uh, Lefroig, which is known for really high uh, peat content. And the medicinal. Yeah, why, 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 why the peat? So, well, so why the peat? They got a lot of it. Well, I like peat. Well, so different areas have different. So that's why Isla uses peat. And, I mean, do you want to talk about this, Tim? So the peat was the fuel source for, for making the whiskey. Um, where in the lowlands, everything was heated with coal and there was no peat influence. The peat was used in places where it was, where it was prevalent, like in Isla and some of the other islands, as well as some of the various other um, highland regions. Um, peat, the way that gets infused into the whiskey is after they've caused the barley to sprout and start to germinate, they have to stop that so that they can preserve the, um, the fermentable sugars. So what they do is, is that they heat it. They essentially cook it to kill it, to prevent it from sprouting all the way. And what they do on Isla, and a little bit with Talisker here, is that that heat comes from them burning peat. So peat is essentially just bog. So it's yeah. really kind of wet. You know, right. soggy earth, decomposed matter, you know, grasses, animals, whatever that's lived there. You know, it's, it's, if it were allowed to sit there for millions of years, it would turn into coal at some point. It, but but, it also preserves. Right. Didn't they absolutely. find that whole big thing of butter in a, in a, in a peat bog not too long ago? Or? They might have, Ken. I, I didn't hear about that one. <laughs> they did. Actually, that's a fact. <laughs> that was on CNN. Oh, well, then it's definitely true if it's they on found, CNN. Like, a, a huge, big, they never old say ball of butter that was perfectly preserved in a bog. Ever. Listen, listen, don't... I know about peat bogs. So anyway, so Go that's ahead. how the peat gets in there. So they, they uh, stop the barley from sprouting with peat heat. So if you can peat think about heat. it that way. And sweaty peat heat? Sweaty peat heat. I've been a better factor of that peat heat once or twice. Well, and I, I think, like you know, what, what does that mean? What do you mean? I like it. I, I really well, like then, this. Well, then, then you need to have more peat. Um, <laughs> you need to go to Isla. You need to kind of, you know... Is it near, uh, is it near Peterhead? It is. Okay, uh, so you need, to, you, you need to pick up a Lefroig. Uh, you need to pick up yourself a, um, you know, a Lagavulin, um, uh, a, a Kilholman, actually. Uh, you need to pick up a couple of different ones and try them. Um, I think what's Seal. interesting about the different areas is that different areas in Scotland use peat. Talisker uses peat, uh, Isla uses peat, but so does Highland Park. 
So if you if you imagine it, Isla is essentially in the very, very bottom. It's an island off the very bottom of Scotland, or near the bottom. Highland Park is on the Orkney Islands, which is at the very north of Scotland. That's and they also here, use a peat, except their peat is different than the peat from Isla. As Tim mentioned, all peat is is decomposed organic matter. The organic matter that is prevalent on Isla is the seaweed and all that salty air. And that's where the medicinal comes from. Right, and so that's where you're getting that from. Whereas, so it tastes peat, like million, I like decomposed. That's what I think. It tastes like million-year-old like dead shit. Rotten exactly. Yeah. Whereas in Highland and the Highland Park um, whiskeys, the peat that's used in Orkney, the Orkney peat they call it, is actually decomposed. A lot of wood, a lot of trees, a lot of um, you know heather. So that's so you get a different peat flavor. So it's still peat. You're still going to get the smoky under uh, underlying flavors, like it. but it's a it's a different. You're not going to get the medicinal seaweedy type uh, uh, flavors that you get in Isla. All right, all right. I mean, it, is that it's, enough knowledge for you guys? It's, uh, no, it's fantastic. That's it's, why we're recording yeah, it so we can hear it again. No, when you, when you brought it to the light, that I don't like it because it tastes like million old million year old dead stuff. It's made a lot more sense. Oh uh, man, it's, well, it's, there's there's one that we didn't it's bring like being here one with the earth. What's the <laughs> peatiest you've ever Love had? It. So uh, there are a number of distilleries that vie for the, the title of the peatiest whiskey. Really? Is yes. it an annual competition? So it's kind of like if you like IPAs, people are going to try to make the hoppiest beer, right? Peat is the same type of um, you know, thing with scotch. And so, but it's all taken place over on Isla. Not to say that they can't put peat in you know, space-side whiskeys, but when you think of peat, you think of Isla. And... You know, as we've talked about, um, Ardbeg and uh, Lafroig and um, a distillery uh, called Port Charlotte, while well, Port Charlotte is actually part of uh, Brook Lottie, they all um, buy for having the peatiest whiskeys. And if you're looking for a real gut punch of peat, you're going to go there. Ugh. And and it's actually, what was that you again? actually want to go for the younger, the younger whiskeys feature peat more prominently. So if you're uh. looking at a 30-year-old Laphroaig, it's not going to have the nearly the same peat influence as its 10-year-old version, and it's also going to be like 30 times the price. So don't worry about it. Just get the cheaper stuff, and you're going to get that peat punch. I mean, don't you have to be like 100 years old to like really love this, just the, the taste of just strong, strong peat? Well, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm 34. I feel pretty good. I enjoy this stuff. Really? It's the peatiest. <laughs> Oh, that's, but it does uh, delicious. It does uh, pack a wallop and it it'll take out your taste. It was buds. the smoothest. Thank you. That Talisker was the smoothest one I drank all night, and that just goes to show how different the palates are. Right, and, exactly. And, uh, and the preferences it's are great. at the table. It's great. It's just there's so much variety in right. the whiskey world, not just between countries, but within countries, within Scotland, and you can do so many different things. To create those different flavors, yeah, like the tell, finishing that we were talking about. Tell Ken, it's not about being snobbish. Who should call what? What? It's about what you like. Absolutely well, right. Of course. Absolutely right. But we're neither from Kentucky nor from Tennessee. No. We can appreciate a rivalry: Ireland, Scotland, Kentucky, Tennessee. Come on. We can't forget about Japan. Just because we're not featuring them here this evening, Japan. What's their, what's their most widely uh, distributed one? Yamazaki, Yamazaki is probably yeah. their most uh, popular whiskey right now. Hibiki is another one that Brian just mentioned. What do they do to it? Well, they theirs that are very similar distinct. to Scottish whiskeys, but they take a much more precise approach to it. Um, <laughs> they, you know, whereas Scottish uh, distilleries kind of allow nature to do its thing to a large degree. 
Japan tries to analyze everything to the nth degree and make sure that they know almost down to you know the smallest degree that they know exactly what's coming out of that still. So you're getting a lot of Scottish whiskey characteristics, but it's unique because of the water and because of you know some of the other you know stills and you know just the wood that they're using over there as well. That's just straight whiskey knowledge. We got one more to go. Now I know what it's felt like for that girl in the Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> well, she was doing, doing shots of something really bad. That was vodka, though. Wasn't it just yeah. straight vodka? No, no, but that was in Nepal, too, I think. Wasn't that Nepal? That's the thing that just popped in my head right now when they was pulling I think the fifth you, one. I think you guys could take her on. So what we've done yeah. uh, to, her, to, all day. Uh, her all to bring day. it on home is yeah, bring it home. Uh, the, whiskey, the whiskey. Oh, well. Speaking of which, uh, the whiskey we've got for you uh, right now is Colonel E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof. It smells like model plane glue. If, if if that's your definition of delicious, then fine. But it does have a strong, <laughs> very very pungent. Yeah. Smell. So um, you know, sixty five percent alcohol here, Ken. That's so. the, yeah. that's that's what okay. it is. That's, that's what, what the glue is. Yeah, absolutely. That's what the model glue is. Yeah. No, absolutely. So it's going to be... How does this not evaporate into the air? I didn't mean that in a derogatory way. No, no, I understand completely. And I think this is is a whiskey in which adding some water will help. So I don't know where the eyedropper is, that little blue bottle somewhere around the table. But if you want to add a couple drops, uh, it'll definitely improve it uh, for you. I feel like cleaning a wound with this. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's that's what it is. So this is a bourbon. Um, It's a completely different flavor profile than the bourbon we had earlier. Where is it made? Kentucky. So this is made at Buffalo Trace Distillery. Oh, Buffalo Trace drank that all weekend long. Yeah. So Good Buffalo. Stuff. So Buffalo Trace um, is on the historic grounds and still uses the uh, distillery and the warehouses of the Old Fire Copper Distillery, which was founded by uh, a few gentlemen, one of which being Colonel E. H. Taylor. Sure. So uh, they didn't just. N- you know, put any random name on the whiskey. It's actually uh, an historic figure. He actually founded seven different distilleries in Kentucky. Um, the old fire <laughs> copper one. Being I mean, the Colonel was a man's <laughs> man. <laughs> was he like There's a, no mistake. Like a, Tim, Tim like put a, four drops of water in my. It totally changed the smell. Yeah, completely. I haven't drank it yet, but by Kevin's face, I'm not sure if I want to. So <laughs> I like it. All, I like it, and I hate it. It's like everything else in my life. He, so, he sounds like a deadbeat distiller. Right, just, uh, he's no, like the I mean, Antonio he, Cromartie. Uh, of distillers, apparently. <laughs> no, just... I mean the man. The man knew what to do. Um, you know, he he like made it. some beautiful distilleries. I think Old Fire Copper. Um, you know, what is now Buffalo Trace, uh, is is a very uh, fantastic distillery. Tim and I were actually there in April. Uh, we took a uh, a road trip through Kentucky. We rented an RV and we were gone for about five days. You guys uh, drive after these things? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Brian. I, whoa, 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 whoa. It, <laughs> what I can tell you is is that. Um, we're not going to comment on whether or not we were driving after any whiskey was consumed. Of course, consumed. of course. We assume you weren't. Uh, there, 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 was a, there was a designated driver. I'm By the name of Colonel Taylor. Uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know who was driving. Uh, let's put it that way. It was Colonel um, Yeah. By the way, if we had access to this when T's chair broke down, I feel like we could have used this as like some kind of a combustible. Oh, absolutely. Like, this, I this, I could have. Absolutely. This. this I, I mean, I it's, 190, uh, it's 129 I, proof. I, I was yeah. worried this about is it, not a, this is uh, delicious. It is. I mean, so what? So what makes it delicious is the is is the combination of heat. First off, it's a it is. This is another limited release, um, and so the barrel proof uh, nature of it it, it means it's going to be high alcohol. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, it it doesn't get watered down. It's whatever came off the barrel. Um, 
but what Buffalo Trace has done is they've used their uh, mash bill number one on this. What that means is that it's a very low rye. So if you remember from what I talked about earlier about American whiskeys, you've got your corn, you've got your rye, and you've got your malted barley as your typical bar or uh, your typical bourbon mash bill. Uh, and, and I mentioned malted barley is usually right around the 10% range. The rye is kind of in the seven, 15, 17 um, range up to maybe the low 20s. Um, in this case, Buffalo Trace has gone ahead and said, we're going to use our low rye, meaning it's less than 10% or right around 10% is the, is the thought. I don't think, I, I haven't come across a, Buffalo Trace hasn't released what it is. Um, but everything that I've read and everything that I've researched indicates that it's right around 10, maybe a little bit less. So it's a very low rye, meaning it's high corn. So it's a lot sweeter. Mm. And it's that additional sweetness when mixed with the high proof that actually actually plays well together. That's, uh, I and so mean, it's, it's, it's like you're, it, it's a prototypical bourbon. It's, it's, it's absolutely I like wonderful. that you said plays well together because that last sip I took, I got it. Yeah. But I know that this... And my colon are not going to play well. No, no, no. Together. Well, no. I mean, it plays well with your palate. What right. it does tomorrow right. morning is a completely right. different. I feel like, right. yeah, like if you're a survivalist and you have like a little just uh, just a sprinkle of this, you could just you know start a fire or kill. It's like, is it flammable? Uh, <laughs> well, Ken, let me let me tell you one, okay. one Can thing. Can we try is, it? is once you get past no. that initial alcohol burn, right? Um, mm-hmm. These high proof, barrel proof whiskeys are great if for no other reason than it allows you to kind of pick at what percentage you want to drink it, mm-hmm. right? So if it is starting at sixty five percent, you can dilute it down to twenty percent and just get a lot more whiskey, right? But if you're buying a bottle that's at forty percent. There's only a little room to play. Right. So it allows you to kind of find that sweet spot that works for you. And for a lot of people, that's right where they bottle and it. And also, that plays into the whole marketing ploy to kids. Drink past the burn, and, you'll, and it'll just get better and better. You're a sick person. <laughs> no, I, think, I was well, just going to say, this whole thing, if I took this sip, if I took this sip. Drink responsibly. Always. Always, always drink responsibly. For God's sake, Marangola. And I think, and I think remember <laughs> earlier I said, um, we were talking about whether to add ice to something or not, and I said, you got to, if you are going to this do, is it, it. do it to a bourbon or a, a rye is, yeah. that is high in uh, high growth, that would be this because this can tolerate like what Tim said it can tolerate a little dilution and it's not going to mess it up you're still going to get a full bodied whiskey out of it and so this is kind of one of those great ones to kind of say hey look I can I can have this on a really crappy night where I just want to have one drink and pass out so kind of like the BBW of whiskeys in a way there you go see alright fair enough now BB, not, what's the BBW now, now we're talking wait Brian don't put that microphone down don't you dare put that microphone down there's more knowledge here. <laughs> There's more knowledge. It's all about whiskey knowledge. It's all about whiskey knowledge. So I think uh, I think Brian has brought one more. Whoa, no. bonus? One overtime? more bonus whiskey. Oh, this you guys, bonus whiskey. Like, uh, this week on the Audible, like the we're going to overtime. Going to overtime. Encore, overtime. gentlemen. Encore. Encore. Listen. But, uh, oh, God, we're teaching people. Before we everybody gets too, too belligerent, we want to throw a plug out to another oh, yeah, yeah, great yeah. Uh, bar that we've been working Please. with, uh, Bourbon, over in Adams Morgan. Uh, we just finished up a nice series of events with them. Uh, we took everybody on a, a nice tour of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. We did uh, three nights where we featured three different distilleries each night. 
along with a cocktail, and Bourbon put together some great food and uh, allowed us to use their great venue, and we had a real nice turnout. They had a great spot in Glover Park. For, is it still open, or are they closed down there? Are they still open? It, um, no, just the one in, uh, just, in Adams Morgan. Just now. the one in Adams Morgan. Yeah, the, you go. You know, and the shout out to Heather Scarpato who took us there. I mean, I, I that's the one of the only places I went to in Georgetown for years was Bourbon, sitting at the bar with those guys, yeah. awesome guys. And then when they, when they opened up the place in Adams Morgan, we, we kind of yeah, transitioned. Great, great place, and we uh, still good, have a few good people. Mo- yeah, uh, their owner is a great guy, uh, James, uh, and good we've food. got a. Great food, and that's why we enjoy working with them. Yeah. Uh, we actually started uh, some of our early events. We're doing whiskey and food pairing events. Yeah. So we enjoyed exploring not only just the flavors in the whiskey, but how different food items could help accentuate those flavors and how they could play off of each other and create a tasting that would flow through four or five different whiskeys. And so like now we're, uh, you know, we're not cooking anymore, which is a good thing, but we're now allowing professional chefs to do that and uh, take advantage of that uh, while we, uh, we procure the whiskey. So what you're saying is we need to pack this whole thing up and take it to bourbon. And, and That's right. I mean, you know, obviously we're your house podcast, clearly. Uh, the right. Library all, House podcast. We I got think we could probably uh, we could probably do an event over there or over at uh, America Eats Tavern. Uh, Jose Andres, another great place. We've done some uh, some work. Uh, so uh, you would like him? Yeah. You like Jose? Yeah. He's a good guy. No, I think I, I I think I know him. I think I've met him before. He does some good work. I, I know good food. The, I know him from the woods of Cali. Yeah, yeah. My wife taught all his kids and the whole. No, I've met him before. He's, uh, he's a passionate hoops fan. I know that baby. Let's do it. Fifth and sixth grade girls basketball. Them referees wanted nothing to do with Jose Andres. But, Ken, we could uh, definitely see if we could uh, take this podcast on the road and do a little bit of uh, more whiskey education. That could be fun. Boys, I'd love to do it with the two of you and Colonel Taylor if he's available. But that's Unfortunately, he's been dead for probably 100 years. But, you know, we can uh, bring him back in spirit, literally and figuratively. As a novice whiskey drinker, if I sat down by myself and ordered a, you know, however much that would have cost me at bourbon or whatever and took a few sips, I would have quit right away. Yeah, you guys are getting a good deal. I, I, li- I listened to you guys talk me through the immediate fire to the corn sweetness to the finish. Well, it, and I, I'm, I, this, is, this is very instructional, and I enjoy the hell out of it. Well, and I appreciate that. Enjoyable. And I think, you know, that's what and we also, try to do with all of our different events. And so, you know, Tim mentioned, you know, we've done big food pairing dinners with, you know, the Jose Andres group, uh, the Think Food group over at the Marquis Tavern in Tyson's Corner. Um, we do a lot of great events at Bourbon, uh, Magruder's. We're going to uh, start doing some Scotch events up there in their space, as well as obviously uh, working with them with picking barrels. Um, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to, and you know, you kind of said doing a tasting with Colonel Taylor. Um, I'm not going to get into it right now because I could speak for probably another four hours on it. Colonel Taylor is kind of known as one of the pioneers of the Bottled and Bond Act. That changed the way whiskey was made. Um, it changed the way whiskey was marketed. It changed the way whiskey was bottled. Um, we are doing a whole seminar on that on September 8th at Bourbon. And so we're going to have uh, five different spirits that are uh, bottled in bond. Uh, surprisingly, the last one will be a brandy. Um, you I, hate that song. I do, but uh, it, I, I love it now. I She's love a it fine now. girl. She is a fine girl. And uh, Heaven Hill has come out with a, um, a brandy bottled in bond. So Bottled and Bond isn't exclusive to whiskey, uh, just kind of has always been with whiskey, but uh, Heaven Hill's kind of a pioneer in, 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 in kind of keeping the legacy alive. So we're going to do a whole seminar on it. We're going to do food. We're going back to kind of our roots. We're doing a whole food pairing series. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to learn a lot about it. So, I mean, wow. we'd love to have you guys out there. I mean, it would be a ton of fun. Um, and, yeah. So 
uh, to kind of wrap things up, at least on this side, you know, Tim, Tim gave me the heads up that he was uh, switching it up on me, and he brought out that port finished uh, uh, scotch. I, I can't. The Talisker. Like, the, no, the Talisker was uh, Pete. The port was the, the Glen Quinta Rubin. The Quinta Rubin from okay. Glenmore. Okay, right, right. Um, and and I can't let that slide. And we do a lot of great stuff here in America. Rivalry, rivalry. Yeah. So well, this is the rivalry. The so you know, Tim and I have done a lot of uh, bourbon versus Scotch events where we've we've pitted a bourbon versus a uh, a Scotch or a Scotch versus a rye. Um, this is kind of my. I apologize, Brian. I only don't want to miss the opportunity to make sure that everyone understands that on September 8th, when you guys are doing this event at Bourbon, that is actually the, the NFL kickoff Thursday of the season. So we do have a tie-in. Uh, I believe that the Carolina Panthers and the Denver Broncos are playing that night, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah. our, our events are usually over by 9, so you can uh, set your TiVo and uh, get started a little bit late on that game. Well, no, we, we, we would oh, do the show the beforehand. And we, Drink some. And then, absolutely. You know, the game, I mean, the game, obviously the Redskins aren't playing, so, you know, we're, we care, but we don't care that much. But we got it. We, football. It's well, football. I mean, you know, it's the, football. Yeah, I mean, the good news football there is, is that we've got. Bourbon. Well, no, we've got two huge uh, TVs right over the bar. We've got a projector that we've got. All of it, we can uh, play whatever we want to the minute. Because Bonavita's got a we'll nickel. Go football and bourbon's what DC does. Exactly. Yeah, so so just wanted just wanted to make sure we put that all together. And we do have a tie-in. Yeah. Seriously, seriously, I always love the tie-ins. Um, and, and, and the tie-in that I was trying to do uh, with uh, the last bottle you have is yeah, a... So where we got? Th- this is a High West bottle. Okay. So High West doesn't, um, at least for their whiskeys currently, they haven't distilled any of their own. Um, they've sourced the whiskeys. So what you have is a blend. So High West has kind of been known for doing their blends and their finishes. So what they did is they took a six-year rye. Um, smells real good. Took a six-year rye from MGP, so uh, Midwest Grain Producers out of uh, Indiana. The This specific rye is what they call their high rye, meaning it's 95% rye, 5% malted barley. They then blended it with a 16-year rye from Barton Distillery in Bardstown. This rye, or uh, yeah, this rye is 80% rye, 10% corn, 10% malted barley. They blended the two together, and then they finished them in a combination of French barrels and port barrels. So when Tim told me he was bringing a port scotch, I said, well, I can one-up you on that. And so what you have here is a rye finished in port. Pretty rare. Uh, the bottle was a very exclusive release. Um, and so this is uh, High West's Midwinter Night's Dram. Wait. what is this? Bo- is, this a, is this a Colonel Taylor bottle? No, this okay. is... High West, High, High West, West which is a distillery, nights. which is the first distillery in Utah. It sounded like uh, a poem. It is. It's like so told it's me a poem. Shakespeare. <laughs> it's Shakespeare. It's Shakespeare. As Tim was uh, kind of mentioning. So it's a, yeah. a Midwinter Night's Dream, a blend of straight rye whiskeys, um, finished in French oak and port barrels. I'm crying over here. Yeah, so kind of sounded is, like a poem. Oh, it was Shakespeare. Yes. So this is <laughs> Act Two Point Ten, Scene Two Seventy. Uh, bottled at ninety eight point six proof. Does uh, dram refer to dr- like dramamine? Because it's good. Uh, so no dram. So dram is kind of the uh, <laughs> the the colloquial um, word that we use for a pour of whiskey. So when we say have a dram with us, it's like having a shot with us. Have a have a. I mean, don't shoot it, but you know, right. have a shot, right, right, have right. a drink, have a pour. Dram is kind of the Scottish uh, phrasing. People, you of, say dram, people know what they're getting. Yeah, like come okay. by on Tuesday, let's do like twenty drams, and we'll talk some sports. 
don't we'll know do if 20 drams. I don't know if we can talk. Yeah. yeah. I meant I yeah. combined. I meant combined. Yeah, good luck in your next segment, guys. <laughs> Man, I haven't drams. tasted it yet, there's but I'm about to. Left. This is going to be good. So one of the reasons that I like this, and, you know, if we ever if we ever kind of do this again, if you guys ever want to uh, yes. on or off Yes, air, we do. We'll um, be here next Tuesday. <laughs> you know, I'll, we'll I'll do... I'll need, uh, I'll need like, like 28 weeks, probably. Yeah, by before, the way, it's between you guys and the pound yeah. cake guys. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what we would love, I mean, yeah, we would love to do kind of, uh, you know, a whole, a whole food pairing with you all or do something with, you know, with, with, with the whiskeys and, and maybe even just do you a lineup. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we would cook. We've, uh, we, we have been very fortunate to partner with a lot of great, um, a great vendors and chefs in the oh, area. Wow. So, I mean, you know, if you're looking for good chocolate, Undone Chocolate is, uh, is a local chocolatier uh, here in D.C., um, they make some, you know, fantastic uh, chocolate, um, and so we've we've we're definitely looking forward to working with uh, that that group on some stuff, and then obviously a bunch of different vendors. Let me ask um, you this, Brian. Sure. Would you just just to throw it out there? I, I love Italian food, and I yeah. don't, oh, and I and I love whiskey. Mm-hmm. I was recently at a fine uh, dining. Take it easy, Kevin. Take it easy. I see where this is headed. You don't. You have no idea where this is <laughs> I headed. Know, I know. I know. You're so right. my buddy, my buddy, shout out to Massimo Fabriz, the executive chef. He was at Tosca Restaurantes. Yeah. He's from Tuscany. He's a, a, a well-known uh, chef in, in DC, Open Porto. He's now back at Tosca on 14th and M or 14th and K. Yeah, 14th and K. I think. Yeah. 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 And I was sitting in his kitchen. Four nights ago, uh, and he was just cooking for me. And I, when you say you're pairing food with it, I was drinking Maker's Mark mm-hmm. um, throughout the dinner. So I, I into you know, just be, just because. Um, right. But I'm wondering, you know, if you could, if you would pair some of this stuff with Italian food. It, to me, that sounds kind of crazy. But like, no. well, how would you do that? I mean, I think well. So uh, that's just, that's straight journalism. Yeah. Kevin Ricca. So uh, I, it's not crazy at all. I think the way that you know Tim and I've actually one of one of our, I think my favorite food pairings that Tim and I ever came up with was we were sitting around his uh, coffee table, we were drinking a bunch of whiskey, and we kind of were staring at one another. And we said, "What the heck are we going to pair with this? This is such a robust whiskey. It's so flavorful, so powerful. We need something to balance it out. We need something that can." tolerated and we said well what if we make spicy pad thai everybody loved it so i mean italian food isn't any different we can do italian food plus he can make anything you want him to make well and i think you know i mean you've got a lot of great food that that's italian italian isn't just spaghetti and meatballs it's not just you know the red sauce you've got you've got some you know great um you know bolognese sauce you've got some great capers uh, you can you could throw in Melanaise, a lot of flavors, you know, oh, all that, all that well, kind of fish. Stuff. I mean, you want to talk about fish, Italians? Yep. I mean, oh my goodness, the the, the fish that they can oh, make, yeah. um, you know. So in fish and scotch, I mean, peas in a pot. Okay, like, just wonderful. Well, yeah, because he was making me some awesome halibut uh, stuff on the front yeah. side. And well, so the talisker that you had tonight, the talisker ten, yeah, that is something that I would recommend along with some other peated ones, the peat. Again, the the medicinal, you know, you get you you, you add the hundred year old dead stuff in there, and that surprisingly goes uh, <laughs> g- goes really well with the fish. That's what keeps uh, you alive. Right it does. There. It does. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the hair in your chest. Yeah, you know, or wherever else you need it. <laughs> all the hair, all the hair that, that oh. Ken waxed <laughs> off his back in the beginning yeah. of summer's back. Yeah. Oh yeah, none, oh, none, big, in a major way. None but of yeah, us, none no, of us so, need it. And and you know, and then and then you know, kind of like what we're having right now—a a finished whiskey, a port finished, a sherry finished, Sontenayers mm-hmm. finished, you know, a white wine finish. It's um, a total mutt. Basically, it is. It really is. You've got two rise. We've gone from s- pure bed, bread to I like mutt. That. Yeah, and they're all good. Oh, it's delicious. Exactly. So I mean. 
You know, that's that's kind of what our mission is. Our mission is to educate people and to walk them through and say, look, don't be afraid of the whiskey. Don't pigeonhole yourself because you never know what you're going to like. And, you know, I think that a lot of the enjoyment of whiskey comes through the education and through learning more about it. Not only the process in which it went under to get to where it is, but in how to drink it, how to appreciate it, and then what you can do with it. Um, you know, that's why we got into food pairings. You don't have to just drink it, you know, on a Friday night with the boys. You can have it on a Tuesday night, you know, with dinner, or, you know, on a date. Uh, and you're going to look more like a man doing it. Speaking or a of, woman. Speaking or a of woman. looking like a man or looking like a woman, we got your <laughs> band on now. Take us out. There the we go. Metallica, baby. There we day. go. Speaking of the Riding heroes of the day. <laughs> this is a good little finish on Thanks the uh, on this guys. segment. Guys, thank you so much. This, this was, was awesome. awesome. Man. Glad to be here. Was, uh, you gave me a wealth of knowledge. I appreciate yeah. it. Looking forward to moving forward with it. Wealth of knowledge and a crazy hangover on a Wednesday. <laughs> well, no, fortunately, you have the day off, huh, Ken? You better believe it, T-Mole. Yeah. What do you think, Kevin? You think we did it? I'm so pissed about having hip-hop dance at 8 a.m. tomorrow. How about you, Ken? Uh, oh, that was a yeah. mistake. Hip-hop dance. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep through that class. I'm 8 a.m. classes on a Wednesday? No, thank you. I'll take notes for you. I'm just glad yeah, I'm, the only, I'm the only one at the table that doesn't need to stand up after this whole segment. <laughs> <laughs> here, here, T-Strack. Good luck, guys. <laughs> want to thank the Whiskey Library. Thank you. Brian Thompson, much, gentlemen. Timothy Thanks, Mole Absolutely. for Thanks joining for us tonight. Pete Schwetty. We always want to thank Pete Schwetty. Always appreciate you, Matty. Want to thank Steve Bonavita, who we will join us for a segment before we close out. Oh, but he drank just as much oh, yeah. as we did. No, he, he's he's <laughs> gonna, gonna be ready. Be fun. He's gonna be ready. Uh, you know, this man to my right, his name is T Stracken. This man to my left, his name is Kevin Ricca. I'm Ken Marigold. This was the Audible. <laughs>